0: I have a great show for you today. I'll remind you to always look for opportunities. I'll also be interviewing transformational leader, Dan Duckworth, who is a founder of The Crucible Life, an online community for change makers. Dan is passionate about helping people get big things done and make real change. For more information about Dan, please visit cruciblelife.com. Thank you so much for listening to Lifeology. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. Looking for opportunities. If I were to tell you that you're gonna meet the person of your dreams in two months, you would be ecstatic. You would start working out, you'd eat clean, you'd get a whole new wardrobe, and you'd be so excited for when that day arrived. That was an opportunity that you were told about and you were prepared for. There's nothing worse than having opportunities in life and not being prepared for it. Preparation is key to move on to the next level of your life. Often we think that success is an overnight process. It's not. Success is dedication and effort and work that's put into something. Opportunity is what happens overnight. I always tell people, however you start your day is indicative of how your day is going to go. So if you start your day, perhaps waking up late, rushing out the door, unfortunately, that's the mindset that you've created for the majority of your day. And then if you're able to reset during the day, then perhaps it'll be different. When you can start your day with the intention or the goal to find something new every single day, you'll find it. Every morning when I start my day, I have a ritual. And part of that ritual is I set my intention or my focus to, To find something new every single day or perhaps a miracle or an opportunity, whatever you want to call it. Something that's different than what I've experienced the previous days. And that can be the greatest thing to the smallest thing. For example, I'm driving my car around and the parking lot is full and all of a sudden there's the best parking spot available for me. That's an opportunity, something I wasn't expecting. Or there have been times in my life where I say hello to somebody and it turns out that person is a CEO of a company or it turns out. That simple hello created a conversation which then had me be a part of a business venture or open another door for me. Right after I experienced that event, I write it down in my notes on my phone and it becomes a game. So every single day when I look for one thing, I find it. And then I increased the endurance of that by saying, let me look for two or three or four different opportunities today. Because when you look for it, you find it. Many times we don't realize that our attitude is determining if we find opportunities. If I'm always negative or in my head a lot and not really paying attention to what's around me, I'm probably going to miss out on many, many opportunities. That can be from making a new friend or even seeing a sale at the grocery store. So the goal is anytime you're doing something, you always want to make sure you're present and mindful of what you're doing. Be aware of your surroundings. Do something slightly different than you've done before. For example, if you drive to work, take a different street to get there. If you historically don't say hello to people, well, then smile at people say hello to people see what happens when you do something slightly different or outside of your comfort zone you will have a different outcome that's one of the biggest problems is that when people think oh my life is the same nothing's changing well if you're not changing it then it's not going to change so that's why looking for opportunities or doing something slightly different will give you the chance to find these other opportunities i would challenge you today try the method that i mentioned as far as looking for something every single day and then recording it in a note on your phone The more often you do that and you look for it, it becomes fun. It becomes exciting because you're always looking around for what the next opportunity is. And the flip side of that is you also want to say, how can you create an opportunity for someone else? That's one thing that many people forget. Yes, we all want to leg up in life, but we also want to give a leg up to someone else. So not only are you looking for opportunities, but how can you help someone level up in their life? So the more often we do this, the more successful we all will be. I have a wonderful interview today with Dan Duckworth. He's going to give you specific tools and techniques of how to create change in your life. So stay tuned. Have you ever thought, gosh, I'd love to start my own radio show or podcast, but I have no idea how to do it? Or are you a seasoned veteran who wants to level up and improve all aspects of your show? Well, I will be working with a select few to help you either start or polish your show. These are a few topics I will teach you. How to create your brand and how to be specific with your niche and your audience. The types of equipment you should use to help you improve the quality of your audio and your video. I'll teach you how to get your show aired on most podcasting platforms, as well as give you an option to create a video podcast. I'll teach you which recording platforms are best for your needs, as well as teach you the importance of having a show clock. The do's and don'ts of writing your own show notes that will help increase the reach of your audience and generate traffic to your website. I'll also introduce you to some of my contacts and previous guests. I'll also be offering a select few the opportunity to broadcast your show on my platform and have access to my three and a half million listeners. So if you're ready to start or level up your show, then visit www.jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash work with James and sign up today. It's time, my friend, for you to stand out and share your message with the world. Once again, visit www.jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash work with James to get started today. My guest today is transformational leader, Dan Duckworth, who is a founder of The Crucible Life, an online community for changemakers. Dan is passionate about helping people get big things done and make real change. Welcome to my show, Dan. Hey, I'm glad
1: to be here, James. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, this is going to be awesome. I was reading your backstory and I love to read all the different things about you, You know, starting as a peon in organizations and then working your way up. And so it's so great that you have so much experience in all the different levels in the corporate world and just working in general that I know you're going to have so much insight from my listeners today.
1: Well, I hope so. I hope we can uh, share something that will be useful for them as they're developing as leaders and as, as people of, of value and a purpose.
0: I'm sure we will. Now, how did you even get into this transformational space or the transformational world rather?
1: You know, it just kind of happened to me. I was leading uh, change. I've been leading change within organizations for about a decade, some very mm-hmm. complex uh, executive level initiatives in which I was really a peon who had uh, risen to to doing some pretty interesting things. Mm hmm. And I had hired a consultant to come in and help. He was a leadership professional. And at the end of that project, he started recruiting me saying, hey, why don't you come out and help me to do this with other organizations? And after about a year of telling him no, I was like, I don't want anything to do with being a consultant or anything. I finally agreed to try it out. Mm -hmm. And what happened was I started... Right off the bat, he threw me in front of a group of executives and managers in a Fortune 500 company.
0: Oh, goodness. And
1: I found myself <laughs> teaching them leadership. And I didn't have any educational background in this. Uh, you know, I had been very thoughtful over sure. my experiences, but I was now in this position of feeling like a, a fraud, uh, uh, you know, the imposter syndrome, so to speak. Sure. And what I noticed, though, was what I was teaching. I would teach the content, in other words, the stuff that the academics, you know, we're affiliated with the University of Michigan, so the stuff the academics were putting out, I would, I would literally be reading that stuff a half an hour before oh I would go live on, oh you know, on the stage or in front of this group, and then I would jump up and try to regurgitate this stuff. But then every once in a while, I would slip into teaching from my own experiences, and not only my stories, but the wisdom that I had learned from my own experiences. Mm-hmm. And I noticed a phenomenon over time, that when I taught from the content, the people were interested. But when I taught from my experiences, the people were moved.
0: Oh, wow. I love that. So you merged the two worlds together and here we are today. <laughs> yeah. And
1: they started coming up to me, James, and they started to say things like, how did you do that? Where did you get those ideas? Where did that mm. courage come from? And so I started to ask myself, where did I get those ideas? Where did I get the courage? And as they began to to ask me these questions, I heard the question that they weren't Saying out loud, which was the real question on their mind, which was, "Can you teach me uh, how to do that too?" Yeah, wow, that's
0: amazing. I wanted to go back to what you said before: is you didn't want to become a consultant. What was the disconnect for you between your quote nine to five corporate job versus being a consultant? What was the thought process there that caused you to not want to do it originally?
1: Well, I can tell you that after about a year of trying to get me to do this, Sean finally sat me down and he said you won't even entertain this idea. Like, you're not even taking mm. it seriously. Why? And without thinking, I just said, because consultants
0: are leeches. Oh, interesting. Wow. <laughs> and,
1: and I didn't even take into account the fact that I had just called him a leech. But he, he didn't miss a beat. He just, he just rolled with it. And he said, That's okay. Funny. He said, well, tell me. You know, he knew that I was working in and around executives. Uh-huh. And he said, tell me, did you never meet an executive who was a leech? <laughs> I just laughed and I said, no, they're, most of them are leeches too. And he said, but didn't you choose to be different? Oh, wow. Didn't you choose to give more than you took? And then I looked at him, you know, now I was all ears. And he said, you can do the same thing in any profession. Every profession is filled with leeches. Yes, it is. But there's always those who choose to be different. And that introduced me to a concept that's now foundational to what we teach uh, with transformational leadership, which is positive deviance, Mm. breaking the norms, doing things different that are risky, that are inherently unknown in terms of their outcomes, mm-hmm. but for the intention of producing a better outcome for the people that you love and the communities that you serve.
0: I like that. So if people don't have that, they go just with the status quo of whatever the culture is of the organization? Is that what you mean?
1: Well, yeah, culture by definition. I mean, culture is, we talk a lot about the hidden forces that shape leadership and communities. Culture is the dragon. It is the, the, the yeah. big hidden force that nobody really understands what it is, but its effect is that it controls our behaviors or it seems to control our behaviors because it's pushing us and guiding us and reinforcing a set of expectations. So, you know, the listeners can think about culture as being a set of social expectations. And before we know it, we are conforming and we're giving away our power of choice. We're giving away our power of of decision-making because we're doing what feels right in the situation But that rightness or wrongness is not set by our own deeply held values or even our nationally held values, our ethnically held values. They're being set by the culture, this social group that we're in, that culture is telling us what behavior is right and what behavior is wrong. And to break that culture, represents a real psychological risk for people sure and that's why we call positive deviance
0: there's another term for that as well would just be talking about the ethics and the morality so ethics is essentially what a group of people or the quote-unquote the culture i suppose or society says is what's right and what should be done where the morality is the individual's basis of how to do that so that's another version i guess a mirrored version of what that is as well you know what would be interesting as well is to really think about kohlberg's theories of morality which i'm confident you don't know what that is in my school we had to learn all those different Theories, but the, the, the levels of morality are basically. I think there are seven different versions of that, and the more um, introspection one has, the more they realize that the choices they make are specific for themselves. Did you ever see the movie called John Q? I think it was with. Um, oh gosh, I can't remember who, with who the actor was. His son was. Um, he didn't have any insurance, and his son was going to die, so he he went and held the people hostage at the at the hospital in order for them to do their surgery. And so the ethics would say that's wrong, but the morality and everybody watching the movie was like, oh my gosh, that's right. You're saving your son. And so it really created this this struggle in the movie for people to say, well, the ethics say this, but the morals say this. And so obviously that's, you know, taking anyone hostage is is illegal and we're not for that. But it was just interesting to see the struggle that they had. So I'd love to hear how you really help people individuate and individualize their own morality to help them say, this is the positive change I want to make and thus be the change maker that they can be.
1: Yeah, we just went and saw Les Mis with our two oldest children, oh, and of course, that's the classic uh, struggle between, you know, here he he robs a loaf of bread in order yeah. to feed his, his nephew, and he goes to prison and mm-hmm. ends up spending 19 years in prison, and, you know, if it was you, would you rob the bread to save the life of your nephew, yeah. or would you say, no, the morality of the situation is I will never break the law, mm-hmm. and you'll let your nephew you know, die. That's one of those questions that it's really hard to answer until you're in that situation. situation. And so it's hard for us to moralize as, you know, as commentators on what the rightness or the Mm -hmm. wrongness is. And that's why everything that we do in our leadership programs is designed to unlock the epiphany. Mm. Okay, So you have this conception in your head, we all do, of the way the world works and of the way you are. So you tell yourself a story about the way you are and, and the, the way the others are, and, mm-hmm. and you you narrate your story, but it's not true. It's based off of false assumptions about yourself and about the others. And so every once in a while, you get a, a feedback loop or a, a data point that opens your mind to the reality, to the way you really are, to, the, to what your leadership performance really is doing. And with that insight, we call it a flash of self-awareness. Mm-hmm you also see how you need to change, okay? So here's the analogy. Let's say you're walking through a dark forest and you kind of have an idea of where you're going, where the path is, where the obstacles are, and then there's a flash of lightning. And for a brief second, you see everything as it really is. And you see the rock you're about to trip on and you see the the turn that you're about to miss, but it's just for a brief second. But if you can hold on to that new imprint, that also shows you what you need to do to change. Because if you're about to step into the rock, you now know you need to move a little bit to the right. If you're about to miss a turn, you now know this is where you need to turn. And so what we do is we drive you, we give you experiences and situations and reflections that give you those epiphanies and help you to capture them. And then that comes with the feeling of I should. Oh, if this is the reality, if this is the way things really are, I should do something different because I'm not getting the results that I want right now. And so I should try this instead, not because it's the right answer, but because it's a possibility of getting a better outcome, being positively deviant. Interesting. And so it's what we call the three keys, James, the three keys of leadership transformation. You first learn for an epiphany, not for knowledge. You don't need to memorize anything that I say or anyone else says. You don't need to know the, 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 the seven steps to being a great leader. You just learn for an epiphany, then you go experiment. You take that I should, you go do an experiment, and then you come back and you reflect deeply about what you did, why you did it, and what you learned. And you go through that over and over again and it creates a flywheel effect and pretty soon you're on a journey of deep change for yourself and for the communities that you're leading.
0: That's awesome. It's funny. I I always tell people in every moment, ask yourself, what am I learning about myself right now? And so obviously yours is much more in depth with that, but I always tell people that question is so powerful because that leads to instantaneous transformation. So I love your (laughs) three-step component of that. How does that help people change their, or perhaps improve their character?
1: Well, that's a great question because it's all and only about character. So mm-hmm. when you when you design a leadership program, the first question you have to answer, which most people in our industry don't answer consciously, they answer it subconsciously, mm-hmm. is what goes into making leadership successful or 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 phenomenal? And the research evidence is it's your character. And character is defined as what you do when you're not thinking about it. It's the mental model that you have that controls your behavior when you're not consciously self-regulating it. So we don't really talk about character as whether it's good or bad. We take the morality judgments out of that. Your character is either efficient or inefficient towards the goals that you have. And those goals are set by your values and so forth. But if your character is, is locking into a behavioral pattern that's not getting you the results you want in your in your family life, in your work life, in your neighborhood, whatever it is, there's only one way to transform character. It's not knowledge and it's not skills. It's through going through uh, what we call a crucible experience. The research shows that leaders and others, like parents and other authority figures, they go through character change when they have a crisis. Mm -hmm. And so that's when, going back to my story, when the people were asking me, can you teach me to do this? I was like, no, I have no idea how to teach other people how to do this, sure. but I started to, to research and to experiment in real time with them. And what we what we came to was Dr. Evolio, University of Washington, he talks about the, the, the psychological conditions that go into leadership character change. And the question that I started to ask myself was, can I get these people to self-initiate crisis-like situations? Because that's what it takes for their character to transform. And so we went on this big journey of basically learning how to use the three keys, learn for epiphanies, experiment, Mm -hmm. and reflect. Using those three keys to help people self-initiate dramatic, life-changing
0: and the reason remind me if if i'm wrong please correct me if i'm wrong but isn't the the chinese character for crisis isn't it danger and change or it's danger and something which is i love that the juxtaposition between those two things because when you're in a position of there's danger and you have to do something about it and so that's the you know the epitome or the definition of a crisis and so to put oneself in that quote crisis that crisis mode doesn't mean you're specifically in danger, but you're in danger from the, the mediocrity that perhaps that you were feeling or you're in danger of, of being in this, in this box that you put yourself in. So that, that crisis allows for that, that perspective change. You know, I'm just thinking this through my, through my head the way you say that. So I, I love that. I think that's great that how you help people put themselves in a position that they have to change. What do you do with this? And so if you, I don't know if you, I don't know your age or not, but when I was younger, we had these books called Choose Your Own Adventure. And so you'd uh-huh. read it. And then you have the opportunity to say, okay, well, which direction do I want to go? You know, if it's a superhero book, what does a superhero do? Does he do this? Does he do that? And then you make those changes, or you make those choices, and then you create your own story. So this is essentially like my, my little nerdy self coming out <laughs> when I was a boy that yeah. can see how you are creating people or helping people create their, you know, choose their own adventure type of story.
1: I absolutely love that. I've used that analogy as well. Oh, have you? (laughs) Right now, so we're we're preparing for a a workshop we're going to hold called the Purpose Workshop. Uh And we have such a different take on this because most of the leadership industry right now is emphasizing this idea of creating a purpose statement. And there's this idea that you'll kind of go to a monastery in the mountains and spend days and weeks and months in deep, consideration of pondering mm, until God, this please. one statement emerges and you know what you're supposed to do with your life. And in our experience, it just doesn't work that way. The people who live meaningful, fulfilled, happy lives are the people who are deliberate and mm-hmm. intentional about yes. creating those lives. Yes. And so I call it the Harry Potter moment, right? So many of us are, are waiting around, living normal mundane lives, hoping that someday we'll get a magic envelope that shows up mm. at our door, and tells us you're special yeah. and you've got an assignment and you've got a mission and you're gonna to go to this new world where everything's cool and exciting and it's unlike your current world. And it just doesn't happen that way. The people who we look at and admire are people who said, you know what, today I'm gonna to live with purpose. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow I'm gonna to live with purpose. And guess what? That changes, what you do today changes what you can do tomorrow. Exactly. And so then every day builds on the next until you look backwards and you say, wow, I have lived a life of purpose, and I might be able to even give one statement to describe the kinds of things that I've been doing. But I didn't know necessarily in advance exactly the way things were going to turn out.
0: Just living an in, in intentional life—we've we, heard that phrase all the time—but you know, it's also just the awareness, that epiphany. I, I'm, I'm, I guess, using your your paradigm here, mm-hmm. creating creating those that crisis, which then you're always looking for that epiphany. And when, when you look for that epiphany, you find something. You know, success is like a bank account—you can't pull anything out unless you put something in. So creating that epiphany for yourself and looking for those opportunities to be more intentional, to be more healthy, whatever version of that that looks for you, then I can see how that would create that divergent path from mediocrity to the life you wanna live.
1: Let me share a really quick story with you. I was with a friend last night. He's really trying to make a career shift and he's lacking kind of the energy and the motivation to take the risks Mm. and to be positively deviant. And so I was asking him a bunch of questions and, and got to the point where he was really energized about this future career opportunity that he wants to create for himself. And then I asked him a question, which is based off of uh, the book, The Alchemist, if Mm -hmm. you're familiar with that. I said, what omen has come to you recently, meaning a sign Mm -hmm. or a good fortune or a stroke of luck or something, like what omen has come to you recently that you rejected? And he immediately said, I was at the store and the person in front of me had to give his name to the, the cashier and it revealed that he is one of the most influential people in our state. Oh in gosh. this field that I wanna go into. And so I approached him in the parking lot and said, hey, I'm, I'm, I work in this field, there's some ideas. And the guy said, I would love to talk with you. In fact, we're trying to hire someone for our mm. company that does exactly what you're talking about doing. Here's my cart. And then I looked at him, he stopped his story. I looked at him and said, why didn't you call him? Because I already knew the end of the story. Yeah. And so now all of a sudden we're talking about all the fears and all the inhibitions mm and all the reasons why he rejected that omen, right? And the point is, if you want to live a purposeful life, if you wanna be a transformational leader, you don't judge the omens, you follow the omens and see where they go. And this is the way I described it this morning as I was talking to my wife. I said, my success as a leader inside organizations as a peon doing some crazy things at the executive level was because I went down every rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. And I followed it to its natural conclusion. I didn't try to to guess, is this the right rabbit hole? I just said, hey, here's a rabbit hole, and I'm going to chase it until I can't go any further. And some people will say, oh, that's a waste of your time and energy. And I say, no, because in the process, I learned so much about myself mm-hmm. and about the others and about the situation. Yeah. And I take that with me into the next rabbit hole.
0: And that creates such a well-rounded character, a well-rounded person, because that's why you are so successful, because you know the ins and outs, perhaps, of the corporate world. You did all the things, and you looked for those opportunities, so you were you were able to speak on all levels of, of employment or the hierarchical aspect of, perhaps, the corporate world, et cetera, is because you do take those rabbit holes, and that's why, once again, why you're able to, to really do that. Is it Was it Frank Lloyd Wright? Is he the, the famous architect? Okay, so I remember I'd read about him um, when he was a boy, and he was with his at his uncle's place, and they were on a farm. And so the uncle wanted to show him someplace, you know, someplace down on the other side of the property. And so they started walking, and then Frank got distracted, and he was looking at the ducks, and he did all these things. And so um, got to the very end, you know, his his uncle was waiting for him, and his uncle tried to have a teachable moment. He said, "You know, look at this is life. I went from here to there. Look at my footsteps. You know, you can see it in the snow. That I went from point A to point Z." And he said, Now look at you, Frank, you didn't do this. And so, and then but Frank's response was, But I still got there and I saw the ducks and I saw the pond and I saw the cows and I saw the horses. And he goes, My path may have meandered, but I still got to my end results. And he goes, And I got to enjoy it so much more. So obviously the uncle had nothing to say to that. But it was such a really good, uh, really good uh, you know, analogy about life itself. You're going to get there, but, you, but you're, how do you enjoy life? How do you enjoy all those opportunities that do present themselves in your life?
1: Yeah, I love uh, the quote that goes along with that from J.R.R. R. Tolkien, mm-hmm. who's the author of The Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. He said, not all who wander are lost.
0: Mm, I like that. And That's really good.
1: That phrase, because people people who crave stability, we all crave stability mm-hmm. and consistency and control and predictability. We look at the wanderers and we judge them. Yeah. And we say, well, I don't want to be like that person because they're wandering. They don't know where they're going. Mm-hmm. And yet there's wanderers who are wandering in failure but there are also wanderers who are exploring and mm-hmm. being positively deviant. Yeah, that's right. Really and good. so that's that's what we're trying to help people do is say, you know, we're not going to give you the path like you know Frank Lloyd Wright's uh, was it his uncle or yeah, grandfather that, was yeah. trying to do. What we're going to do is we're going to get you wandering. We're yeah. going to break you free. That's our whole point. We're gonna we're gonna supercharge your story with so much energy that it mm. blows up, and all of a sudden your life of stability and consistency, which is driving you nuts which is depressing you because you know that you're capable of so much more and that the people you love need you to do so much more. We're going to blow that story to pieces and get you going on a journey where you take that. It's going to be up to you. Yeah. The community will be there to support you, to reinforce you and so forth, but it's up to you to live. You got to make your choices every day. And what we can do for you
0: is get you started. I love that. Wow. Yeah. I'm getting all excited. (laughs) I want to call you. I'm going to work with you as well. (laughs) Well, Unfortunately, Dan, our time is up. I can't believe it. It flew by. I had so much fun talking with you. If my listeners want to find out more information about you and to work with you to help transform their own lives, where would they find this information online?
1: We're at cruciblelife.com.
0: Excellent. Well, my listeners also know that if they cannot find this information any other place, simply go to the show notes at jamesmillerlifeology.com and I will link you with Dan. Thank you so much for being an awesome guest on my show today. I truly appreciate all your time.
1: It's been a pleasure.
0: I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today.